Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you're just joining us, we have Brad Shuck of the University of Louisville. He's a professor of organizational leadership and learning. And uh, yes, there is an actual class on that. And uh, sounds I interesting. Wish, I wish I had that about 30 years ago. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about two words that you don't hear typically put together, compassionate leadership. And we've heard it. If you've been following Jesus for any amount of time, you have heard that. You've seen it. You've read it in his life. But now we're talking about what does it look like in a practical aspect of our lives. Yeah, in the business world. So, Brad, we talked about in the last segment about accountability. So how do you how do we hold people accountable and yet do it with with grace? Yeah, with, and with compassion. Man, I love that word grace. Uh, I, and I use it a lot with companies. Um, I use it as a way to open up different kinds of conversations with them, but also I find that people respond to the word grace emotionally because we don't get it very often. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of times when we can think of where people have extended us grace. And I think some places use that word and they use the word surfacely, but when it when we really extend someone grace, it is about putting ourselves with them and understanding where they are. So one example that comes to mind for me, particularly around the idea of accountability, I was in Detroit. Um, this was a couple of years ago, and, and I, your listeners can't see me. I, I'm a young guy, right? Like So I, at this time, I was 34 years old, okay? So I want you to imagine this 34-year-old guy in this shirt and tie in, De- in cold Detroit. And Detroit is, you know, is that's car. Uh, it's car land. It's car land, man. I mean, that's, that's where the heartland of America's... Uh, uh, vehicles are made and, and born right there. And so I was given this talk in this, uh, this giant, beautiful building. And, um, I was a little upset that morning because my time had got cut short. So I typically go about an hour and a half, two hours, and they cut me to 45 minutes. And for a guy like faculty, man, I can talk for hours about statistics and research and real boring stuff. And so you cut me to 45, I, you know, I was a little upset about that. So cut me to 45. And, uh, so I'm packing up my stuff. I'm getting ready to go to the airport and, a uh, guy comes up to me and says, hey, there's a group of people that uh, would like to talk to you. Do you mind to, to go over there and, and just kind of introduce yourself and sit down with them for a minute? I said, no, and I don't mind to do that. But my routine is I get to the airport as fast as I possibly can because I work. I get to the airport and I work. I immediately start working. And so these people are going to cut into my time, but that's fine. So I walk over and I, I sit down with them. And I'm sitting with the C-suite of, of one of the four major car companies in the world. And, and this, this woman looks at me and she says, we loved your message today. We need to shift our culture. And they did need to shift their culture. Uh, the American public knew they needed to shift their culture. They knew they needed to shift their culture. They weren't sure how to do it. And then she said, what can we do? And so for 45 minutes, I sat with a C-suite of one of the world's largest Motor vehicle manufacturers. These are the big dogs. These are These high are the, level people, right? You're probably driving one of their vehicles right now. I have I have one sitting out in the parking lot. Right. And my first thought is I have no business being in this conversation with these folks. We sat at that table as equals and we just had a conversation about what it meant to have a culture of accountability that also had a sense of empathy and dignity. And so I want you to think about it. When you hear the word accountability, it's about responsibility. And responsibility isn't isn't about being hard and tough. And when we hear the word accountable, we hear a, a hard outer shell. I need to stand up and point my finger and raise my voice. And that's not true at all. 
Accountability is so much more about setting lofty goals and, and setting setting an endpoint and then holding people accountable for for the work that they're going to be doing along the way. Where I think companies make this big mistake is they they script everything out. Well, you have to do it X, Y, and Z. You have to do it this way, this way, this way. Rather than just defining what the endpoint is and then getting kind of out of the way and then checking in from time to time, making sure there's a sense of responsibility that people have and cultivate and that we hold folks accountable for their work. And when someone doesn't miss a mark, right, it's not about screaming at them and making them feel bad. That's going to push them away from the table a lot more than sitting them down and saying, look, what's going on? We had agreed to this. We're not able to, you know, we're not making this mark today. Um, you know, how can I help you? What's going on here? And having a conversation to find out what's going on. I find out, I find when I work with companies and, and particularly the company that we, I was talking about up in Detroit, helping them understand that accountability was not finger wagging and yelling and, and using authoritative power. Being domineering. It's not about being domineering. It really is about being with people and here's what i find is when we do the other things well when we treat people with integrity and we treat people with dignity and we treat people with empathy and we have a sense of responsibility for ourselves accountability comes easy because it naturally rolls right it just it just happens that's uh that's a that's a powerful thing i i mean in, in my experience even in the life of the church sometimes it's accountability we miss accountability and mm. and when we when there is accountability, it's it's done a little bit more with some finger yeah. wagging and, and and kind of a, a, a looking down. Yeah, and and that you don't mean that at all. No, in fact, I I hope that people don't hear accountability and hear the word judgment. The word judgment robs the ability for someone else to tell their story. When you judge me, right, and you're making a judgment about me, you're telling my story for me. I don't need you to tell my story for me. I want you to invite me to tell you what's going, to tell you my story. Mm. So when we when we finger wag and we stand up and we domineer over people, right? And we make a judgment, we make an assumption about someone. We rob them of the ability to tell their own story because I'm judging you and I'm telling your story. And in the workplace, that doesn't work very well. People <laughs> people back up from that. Does any, I can't think of any, any time in my life where I wanted someone to judge me and tell my story for me. We, I, I rem, I'm reminded of a time when, when I was a graduate student, we had a, a lunch uh, club where we would meet and we would invite administrators in and business leaders in. And the only, the only thing that we asked them to do was just tell your story. Just, we just want you, how did you get to be vice president? How did you, and you know, we were wide eyed kids. We didn't have any idea what was going on. Tell us what you, how did you do this? And I remember people being in that lunchroom and they would tell their stories. And at the end of it, these people were in tears. These are big wigs. And we were in Miami at the time. And so these are big companies and these execs are literally crying at the table. And we would say, well, why are you, why are you, are, are you sad? Are you upset? Why are you crying? They'd say, no one's ever asked me my story before. No one's ever taken the time to listen to me. You mean you've been in business for 30 years and nobody's asked you your story and how you got here? Are you kidding me? And some grad students from FIU bring you to lunch? I mean, it was like chicken and rice, man. We were poor. We couldn't afford anything. But we wanted to hear these people's stories. Accountability is a responsibility with a story. It's, about, it's not about letting folks off easy. 
It's about setting those lofty goals. It's about aiming high and going to get those things. But when we don't, when we don't hold people accountable, that's where the hard thing comes in. That's what, and that's why people don't do it. It's awkward sometimes. It's, it's very difficult to say, hey, listen, you, you, can't come in, you can't come into work 30 minutes late every day. But it's also, it's, uh, well, it's, it's the old uh, principle of, you know, seeking to understand before being understood. Is oh, it? it's I having, love that. It's, it's really listening. What, what, what's really going on in their world right. and coming alongside them and, and, and understanding their situation yeah. and understanding so, so that you can, you can be helpful to them. You yeah. can be a resource to them. Right. So it's hearing the situation, but holding steady on, on the responsibility, right? I, I, I am extending grace. I hear your story. I, you know, for me, for example, I hear that your daughter was sick this morning. You had a really tough morning, right? I get it. Look, I, I really, if this guy happened again tomorrow, if just call me, let me, I just need, I need a heads up because I have people asking me about this or, you know, if this is a pattern of behavior over time, we just need to be aware of it. The leaders need to understand that accountability works in two ways. It works not only with the employee, but where it also works and is fairly cumulative is with your team. Because if someone else is pushing the envelope mm-hmm. and they're getting away with some things that they, we all know they shouldn't be. And, and look, folks test boundaries at work. They just do, right? If this person's getting away for a long time, you're sending a real clear message of your team that there's not a sense of accountability and responsibility. And that erodes the performance of your team. No that, question about and, it. And, and that happens in our home. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not belittling our kids. It's not being, you know, it's, it, it's holding that high standard, but doing, doing it with grace and yeah. with honor. That's right. Um, not yelling. That's right. You know, I, I was reminded, the book of James says, be, be slow be, be quick to listen mm. and be slow to speak be, and to slow become angry. Yeah. It's um, Kyle Adelman talked about this in his sermon series on the cumulative effect, right? It, uh, particularly with the idea of accountability and with many of the things that we define as a compassionate leader, man, it's the things that are easy to do and it's the things that are easy not to do. And that defines the outcome over and over and over and over again. It is very easy to not say anything, right? But we're setting a culture. You need to know that. Mm. Wow. You need to know that. Let's tell you what, we're going to stuff. take a break and take our final segment, which is very unfortunate, but uh, because this is an incredible conversation that we're having. But we, there are six things that you've said in the study that show compassionate leadership. We've covered the first four, three. We're going to cover four, five, and then the sixth one. You said there is one of all six that if you don't miss this. Yeah. You can't miss this one. Can't miss this one. And we're going to cover that in the next segment. So stay tuned and listen to our final segment here with Brad Shuck of the University of Louisville on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our final segment of Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, Kurt Sutter, along here today with Brad Shuck of the University of Louisville. And we want to thank Carol Rogers Carpet One and Ellen and Credit Union for sponsoring our show. And if you want to hear the show in its entirety, you can go to furtherstill.org, soundcloud.com, iTunes, or Facebook, and type in Solid Steps Radio. Guys, we have been talking about compassionate leadership. I, I just love this mm-hmm. stuff. This Brad, this is it's awesome to have you in here. And you've been talking about six things that are are critical for compassionate leadership. We talked about integrity a little bit. We talked about presence, being being present, mm-hmm. the the power of accountability. We talked about that last. Um, 
and authenticity. And, and then you mentioned empathy. Yeah. Talk about that just real quickly. Yeah, man. So empathy is understanding somebody else's perspective or feelings and then taking action. So empathy, and don't miss that, because I think a lot of people miss that with empathy. Empathy is like, oh, I feel really bad for you. Empathy has an is an action-oriented word. It's mm. about I'm, I hear you. I understand what's going on. I'm willing to take action toward that. And so leaders uh, in companies can take action in a variety of different ways um, in terms of how they respond to their folks, the kind of resources they can get for them. And I'm not just talking about like employee relations kinds of things, but, you know, maybe maybe somebody needs an extra team member or they, or they need some kind of technology or they just need somebody to listen for a little bit. Right. And so empathy has this connotation of understanding where you are and hearing your story and then having some action connected to that. Doing something. Yeah, man for them doing yeah. something about the situation that's right so mm. it's not exactly. empathy if there's not action it, is that yeah, true it's sympathy sympathy okay it's just having sympathy sympathy is is no action that's right empathy is feeling but with action with action man yeah and that's the thing about compassion compassion is an action-oriented word it's not static it's not just out there when we have compassion we are willing to take action we're willing to see recognize and then take action toward yeah, because we talked about it at the very at the very beginning, before even the show, and just here in the studio, yeah. that you said compassion doesn't mean soft. It doesn't. No. It it means moving forward. It means, but, that's right. but the, that, and that's again, we go, we go back to the life of Jesus. We are here today, two thousand years later, because of how Jesus was a level five leader. Yeah. Leader. He was the most incredible leader of all time. Yeah. So just to think and recap for like, think about all the times that Jesus had empathy with other people where he met them where they were and he had action when Jesus held people accountable. Jesus held people accountable for grace, but there was a high standard, man. There's a high standard. Mm. He looked at Peter. Yeah. Held him accountable. Yeah. And said, get behind me, Peter. Yeah. You do not have in mind the things of God. And, and yet he turns right around and says, and Peter, but on this truth, I will build my church and, and you will be you know the, the the great leader of the of the early church. That's powerful, man. Yeah, that is, That's is, so powerful. Yeah, accountability, and and yet he he built life into him and spoke yeah. truth into him. Um, the, the you you said between the break, Brad, yeah. that of of these six principles of compassionate leadership, there's one that kind of sticks out even more that has more power, kind yeah. of more punch. We And we were surprised by this. Uh, it's dignity. When you treat other people with dignity, and, and here's how we, we define dignity. It is honoring the fundamental worth of each human being. Mm. Honoring the fundamental worth of each person. When we do that at work, I, I can think of countless examples of when I've seen people treated undignified. And the response is physical when that happens. I mean, physically see somebody. I'm reminded of a story about a lady that worked at a jewelry store for 30 years. And she worked at this jewelry store for, uh, and, and, you know, helping people select wedding rings and engagement rings. And over the course of the 30 years, the comp uh, that store in particular had experienced a lot of, a lot of theft. And the company thought that managers were just not doing inventory correctly. And so they went through manager after manager, after manager, after manager, right? And one day they found this lady uh, on camera. I caught her on camera and went to her house. And underneath her bed, underneath her mattress, was a box of every piece of jewelry that she had stolen from the store, she had taken from the store. This lady's in her 70s, man. They said, ma'am, why did you, you never sold anything, you never wore anything, you just kept it in a box under your bed? She said, yeah. Every time someone spoke down to me or made me feel less than, 
every time somebody treated me without dignity, I just put a little piece of something in my pocket and I took it home. And it was a reminder for me and a way for me to get back at that person that was treating me without dignity. A powerful story and a powerful illustration of what happens to people when they feel like they're being treated without dignity. And think about what that means, right? Understanding and honoring. I love that word, honoring the fundamental worth of each human being. Meaning that every time I come in contact with somebody, I'm not judging you. I'm honoring who you are. I'm honoring this space. I'm in this moment. Dignity of all of all six of the behaviors of a compassionate leader, dignity is the most predictive of performance. It explains high levels of engagement. It explains low levels of turnover. It explains creativity. It explains a host of other very important performance-related variables in the workplace. And we were shocked by that because it's the easiest to do. It's hard to hold people accountable, right? Well, I would expect accountability to be the one. It's hard to, to have empathy with everybody, be willing to take action. Dignity, man, that's simple. But when we do dignity, everybody, they rise to the occasion. It's incredible. When we believe in people, when we believe in people, we meet them where they are, dignity transforms people. Because for some people, they've not, they've not experienced a lot of dignity in their lives. And when they find that, man, they pour into that. I'm reminded of the idea of pouring into people. So, okay, so Brad, practically speaking, mm. when we when we're thinking about in the in the work world and, and at home, how do we give how do we give that dignity? Because I, I think you're right. I think it's mm. we're, it's it's a lost art in our culture today. How do we give that dignity? I think dignity is a mindset. I think dignity is is the way in which we approach our day and the way in which we approach people. Okay, and so so practically, it, it ties in with all the other themes that we've talked about today. It's it's not judging people. It's, it's not telling their story for them. It's being willing to, to put myself in their shoes and to hear them and then be willing to take action. It's being willing to set a high standard and help them get to that place, right? And so there's a sense of accountability with that. It's also being there in the moment. When I'm, when I'm talking to you, to be with you to not be off some other place. Hmm. So all the other all the other things that we talk about with compassion all roll up into this idea of, dig, of dignity. And it is so transformational for people because they so infrequently get, we, we, and I would include many of us, so infrequently get dignity. We get the surface level of that. But man, how many times have we really been present? Hmm. How many times have we really had empathy for somebody and willing to go the extra mile? Those are the kinds of things they transform companies. They transform teams. It's incredible, man. And, and it transforms families. There's no question about that transforms the way people experience life. And that's what drives this research for me is I fundamentally believe that people who get to experience work and home and life like this with dignity and presence and authenticity and empathy, do they, people fundamentally live life differently. What you were talking about absolutely exhilarates me. It's so powerful. I mean, again, I go back to Jesus, yeah. and I, and you know, when he looks at blind Bartimaeus, and he, and he touches him, and he looks, you know, he looked at people in the eyes. He touched, he touched the leper. Yeah. You know, I mean, talking about dignity and honor. Everybody is won't even unclean. They're, they're screaming unclean, unclean, unclean. You know, uh, but but Jesus goes to them and touches them. And gives them honor. Recognizing the fundamental worth of every human being.
Wow, that is so good. Brad, I am so bummed because the hour is now up, and uh, this has been so rich. Um, Thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's been such a treat to have you in here. I've been looking so forward to this interview, and, um, but we've got to close it up. So, Brad, this is a show for men by men, and uh, I want you to pray for the guys right yeah. now that we would live this kind of life. So go ahead and pray, will you please? Yeah. Uh, dear Only Father God, we come to you in earnest and desperate prayer. God, as men who seek you, seek your face and seek your will, Lord God, I, I pray for the guys that are listening out there that are just struggling. They just don't understand, God, that you would speak to them, that you would move them, that you would help them to, to feel your presence at this moment. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we go to work and we lead in our homes, that we can lead in a way that is compassionate, that we give people grace and empathy and that we're present with our families. That tonight when we go home of uh, of anything else, that when when our wives just talk to us or our little girls or little boys talk to us, that we turn and we listen and we're at that moment with them and that they know that by our actions that we love them unconditionally and mm-hmm. we care so, so deeply for them. Lord God, I, I'm humbled before you. I'm grateful. I'm so I'm thankful for the opportunity to have spent this time this morning. God, I pray for the men. God, that you would lead us in a way that honors your will and mm. your glory. Mm. Amen. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Brother, thank you. It's been fantastic to have you in here. Thank you. Tell you what, just for all, all of our listeners, if you're just joining us and you heard this, you're like, man, that was awesome. I want to hear it all. Furtherstill.org, SoundCloud.com, iTunes, Facebook. You just type in Solid Steps Radio. We're going to post this podcast on Mondays, so you'll be able to hear this anytime you want. Pass this along to someone, a business leader, somebody who runs an organization, civically, you name it. This is great information from them. And actually, Brad came bearing gifts today. A free ebook. Yeah, we have an iBook that's available on uh, on the Apple on the Apple Store. It's free uh, for download. Um, you can look up "Compassionate Leader." You'll find it right there. I have a co-author, Marianne Honeycutt Elliott, who wrote, co-wrote that book with me. Uh, so you can find it there. And then we have some clips that are available on YouTube. If people just look up Brad Shuck, they'll they'll see them. And if you're listening, we're going to post those on our Facebook page. So you go to facebook.com forward slash Solid Steps Radio. We're going to have that link for the free iBook or ebook, uh, and also for the YouTube videos with Brad in action. Uh, speaking over in Barcelona. So we thank you for listening. What a great hour it's been. Kurt, thank you so much. You bet. Brad, thank you. And uh, thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio. We are-